We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. And after a whole week off, what is up, Zan? Welcome back, everybody, to the Esports hey. Rewind Podcast. You know what, Jake? Is this the first podcast that we've actually missed? Oh, my gosh. I think it might be. It is. Since yeah. the dawn of time, 70-plus uh-huh. episodes ago, we actually did take a week off for Thanksgiving over here in America. It was mm. a nice break. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be back. And mm-hmm. certainly, things have not stopped happening. Oh, so. absolutely. That's what makes stepping away just for a couple of days so stressful every time, because you come back, and it's just like a tidal wave. Yeah, it, it just never stops. Uh-huh. So. So we hope you guys all enjoy, as per usual, the Esports Rewind podcast. Plenty of crazy stories. Mm. You want to kick it? Yeah, by all means. Let's do it, my guy. Let's run it. Hope you guys all enjoy. And this first one, Zan, is one that I'm probably going to try and hold myself back for, mm-hmm. but I probably will talk about in the future. A um, a hoax, a sham, a really, really sketchy situation involving mm-hmm. a Hollywood-based esports team or gaming organ. No one knows exactly what they are, and I think you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That being the supposed <laughs> Team 33. In mm-hmm. case you guys have not heard about these people, I think it was actually over a month ago we first heard wind of maybe this Hollywood slash uh, LA-based esports team coming to fruition. They have tons of names supposedly tied to their team, mm-hmm. uh, what they call guests, and this they show their facility, which is just a mansion and like recording studio. Yeah, which is weird. And we, if you go to their website, you have no idea exactly exactly what their goals are. Mm-hmm. And then that's the last we heard of it until this past week where we heard their first ever signing to be an eight-year-old Fortnite pro 
with a signing bonus of $33,000. I don't know if you saw the picture of the watch she was wearing. Yeah, yeah. How do you pronounce? Do you know how to pronounce it? Uh, I'm not a watch guy. Is, me that's, either. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a gap a, in my knowledge. I don't want to offend you guys, but it's like a Ricard Mill, Millie or Millie. Yeah, something like that. Something fancy, which could mm. be tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for a watch. Very nice watch. They talk about his $5,000 setup. And I mean, it gets even sketchier because he's eight years old mm-hmm. and nobody, by the way, have talked to a couple Fortnite pros or people in the scene. Nobody knows who the kid is. So, Zan, yeah. I quite frankly have no idea what's going on. It is. It's just so weird that it's a sketchy situation layered on top of a sketchy situation that just it could be cleared up relatively easily. And I yeah. think that's why people are so confused, because all it would really take is a couple statements from the org. Like, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're trying to do in the space. You know, we're not just... I don't know, a random Ponzi scheme or something ha- like that. I have so you know? many issues, man. First yeah. of all, it seems like an obvious publicity stunt for a yeah, couple really of does. reasons. A yeah. few, actually. Nobody mm. knows who this kid is. Mm. He was not being sought after by other organizations, mm. not to mention he's eight years old. He Most sites won't allow you to stream unless you got a parent there every second. He cannot compete. And also, a $33,000 signing bonus for team 33 it seems like it was almost made to make headlines and unfortunately we fall into that because i have Mm -hmm. to talk about this stuff 100 percent. yeah this is exactly the type of thing that you would love to show investors and be like look at all this buzz we've got going around our brand and the interesting things that we're doing and they had some bigger names obviously bigger than us even from the uh you know the entertainment realm actually Mm -hmm. talk about this same story ironically so you mentioned them making statements you go to their website click on all their social media it simply just brings you back to the website so Yeah, which, hey, web design is hard. Hyperlinks are very difficult, Jake, Well, you okay? search Team 33 Esports, Team 33 Gaming. The uh-huh. only thing you'll find is this god dang website. Yeah. So I don't want, I don't want to get pissed off at the young eight-year-old kid, mm. okay? But we'll, we'll say on that real quick, that is too young to be involved in this level of esports. Yeah. Personally, I, I don't... People think he might be a son of one of the investors or someone tied to the team, mm-hmm. which, I mean, yes, could be likely, honestly. Definitely. And I don't want I don't want to ridicule the kid. I, I do want to ridicule the team, though. We're going to mm-hmm. see what comes of this, guys, and what does happen, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the future. Speaking of weird situations that have uh, raised some eyebrows in the past couple days, I'd love to talk to you for two seconds about Riot's recent decision to limit co-streaming Valorant First Strike. Oh no, you did only tap into myth, this. myth and Ninja. <laughs> Hit me it's, with it. It's uh, it's an interesting call. Yeah, definitely. I is. will give you that. One way to put it. And certainly, it's actually. It seems on the podcast, you always bring up the Riot Games Valorant choices. This one is definitely one that provoked at least mm-hmm. a, a few streamers and certainly community members, as Myth and Ninja were the only ones allowed to co-stream upcoming Valorant events. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is after the qualifiers for First Strike have already occurred. Amazing qualifiers. I think the tournament so far has been fairly successful. Very, very entertaining. I, I've enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. Um, but the thing is qualifiers other people were allowed to quote co-stream people assumed it would be the same situation as we move into like the finals and the tournament wraps up yeah 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 and uh unfortunately riot just confirmed that no technically myth and ninja are the only ones exclusively allowed to co-stream these upcoming first strike events um like you said this generated a lot of confusion from other streamers out there we had people like mo being like 
you know, right? Is this for real? Yeah. Um, we had, you know, some people like Ultralex, I believe is his name, even saying that they were going to co-stream regardless. And I think I saw a lot of streamers yeah. just questioning, okay, what, what are the actual rules? Like, can mm -hmm. they only co-stream? And so far, it, it seems that is the case. Yeah, yeah. Riot didn't say anything specific like, hey, we're banning anybody who does co-stream as well, or we're seeking some kind of action against your Twitch channel. Because this got traction from other news sites, yeah. not necessarily Valorant update or, you know, Valorant mm. themselves announcing. So it is a, a bit up in the air as to what exactly yeah, is going to yeah. be done. It would be nice if Riot could just say real quick, hey, this is exactly how this works. Because you don't really see companies do that too often. No. You know, where they say like, okay, you know, obviously Ninja's been big in Valorant since the game launch, it's, as has Myth. I think if you had to t pick two big personalities in the scene. Those are two Those are great choices. pretty good picks. Um, but, you know, we also saw a lot of people just saying, like, why are those the only two options? Because realistically speaking, and I, I do see both sides of this, where Ninja certainly isn't everybody's cup of tea. You know, he's a polarizing figure in the scene. I think he's not for everybody, but no streamer really is. You know, The same goes for Myth. Yeah, exactly. He's been known as Coach Myth. He's also tied more directly to an organization, TSM. Yeah, an so, organization that's competing. Yes. And so people are worried about, you know... It's Obviously, he'll naturally be biased. Yeah, yeah. And you know? yes, it's a joke stream. He'll make these jokes. I think mm. they're both actually very entertaining figures. Right, right. I think from my perspective, you know, most esports don't even allow co-streams to mm. begin with. We mm. have Fortnite. We have League of Legends a little bit here and there. But usually it is pretty limited, even for League of Legends. So I want to just say it's very, very early on in Valorant still. Yeah. I would say these are great choices. I think they should expand the list to include a lot more streamers. Mm. I don't know about the general public because then you take away from your main broadcast too much exactly and that becomes an interference with sponsorships and partnerships that they try and line up for the league so this has always been a complicated topic mm. it's just whenever you throw ninja's name in the in the pot <laughs> it, it brings a lot more haters than than expected yeah, absolutely and I, of course the way they started it including everybody and mm -hmm. now to narrow that list down yeah, and not being clear exactly about why they made this decision. Because yeah. I think if you think about it logically, right, from an analytics perspective, um, there's a whole school of thought that says, hey, you know, if you have a couple streams, like let's say three in this case, that all have pretty big viewership numbers, new people are going to be more likely to click on one of those than they would be to get involved at all if they just saw uh, like 50 different first yeah. strike streams yeah. they wouldn't know where to go you know so that it does make sense from that perspective i do i do think i would have appreciated like some kind of an olive branch to the community uh, like allowing some other beloved streamers who might be smaller personalities but will probably still give a lot of like really good commentary over the event to yeah. allow them to co-stream as well but I suppose we'll only see what this does for the future. I'm sure First Strike is going to still be amazingly successful. These streams are going to do like big numbers. They should do very well. And, and I, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Not aggressively. But so far, we've seen Riot Games and Valorant be very transparent and respond mm -hmm. pretty timely. You know, last time we talked about an update mid-event, yeah. they responded in a few hours. So yeah. I would expect the same here. And we'll see going forward what streamers are allowed and uh, what streamers are not. I'm sure a solution will be found eventually. Yeah, here's hoping that Riot doesn't actually ban these people who are going to co-stream anyway. That That'll would be, be very a interesting. nightmare. Yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on the situation. <laughs> All right, guys, before our next topic, a quick few words about our sponsor. And 2020 has reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are trying to be more efficient than ever. So when every hire is critical, Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other site, helping you find quality candidates quickly. Indeed also gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, and you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account anytime, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your drop criteria. 
criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, which is why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And some big news and controversy this past week in the Counter-Strike scene, uh, something we've actually seen a few times for all you listeners out there or viewers. It's been kind of an interesting year, to say the very least, mm. for North American CSGO, which certainly has been struggling with the rise of Valorant. We've seen many North American players uh, make the switch, and some North American teams even leave Counter-Strike entirely. And then we have the coach spectating bug. We mm. have the match-fixing scandal set to be released. And on top of all of that, unfortunately, ESIC, the Esports Integrity Coalition, this past week also responded on a stream sniping instance that we have seen and what they are calling a widespread problem Mm -hmm. throughout this year of online CSGO. It was a very interesting ruling though, Zan, because unfortunately, it seems that so many players, teams, and coaches potentially could have been incriminated of stream sniping during these online events. They decided to not issue any punishments up to now, and going forward, there Uh will be a zero-tolerance policy of what they know this would actually hurt the CSGO scene particularly the tier one scene Mm -hmm. so no punishments for now of course going forward there will be we've already had teams make apologies like MIBR Mm -hmm. but it's just it's a shifty and a dodgy year for CSGO yeah it's been a bad year all around for a lot of esports scenes unfortunately especially with COVID really derailing a lot of really big plans that people had in the works for 2020 yeah and you know obviously yeah this decision is going to be highly controversial because people don't love to see People get away with things. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, realistically speaking, this is a situation where they have no other choice. Do you want NACSGO to be dead because they punish so many people and it hurts so many orgs that they force more orgs out of the scene, more pros go to Valorant, stuff like that? Or do you want to maybe make everybody aware that, hey, we saw what you did, we know about it, and going forward it's not at all yeah. going to be allowed. I no, think the common the public yeah. wants maybe some justice, right? Mm. At least to know who with, uh, be, you know, beyond like an, beyond mm. a reasonable doubt. Is that the correct line? Yeah. Like yeah. who is actually, who has, actually has some serious yeah. evidence against them, yeah, right? Yeah. Actually put their name out there, put their mm. name on the line. But I, I do understand the flip side. If it's mm. going to hurt the scene so much so, mm. you're put in a weird box. I think I saw another response out there. The ESIC is a very small coalition. Right. And so to have the resources and the time and the actual staff to go fully into depth mm-hmm. of all of these accusations, which on the surface can seem very, very you know, guilty, mm-hmm. they simply don't have the time with everything on their plate right now. Yeah, of, course. of what we have been told from direct sources, they have been flooded with accusations. And it's not just Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. These guys got so much on their plate. Unfortunately, it's going to come to a time like this where they're like, hey, 
zero tolerance going forward. Mm. We know what's happening. And so hopefully teams can say, okay, they know. Uh-huh. Let's not do that anymore. Right. I think overall it just sucks to see adults out there who mm. are trying to gain advantages every which way. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, that's kind of what we see with the gaming industry a lot of the time, just because there's so I mean, little... Yeah, every we're, scene. We're, yeah, we're still so new as an industry, so and there's so little regulation for situations like this, and there's so little oversight. I mean, heck, the ESIC, they've only really been this bullish and straightforward with punishments like on this level recently. Especially, like, yeah, this year, yeah. I would say, primarily. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's a rough time. I mean, hopefully, they've all learned their lesson, and they got, you know, they got their hand Taste in the cookie this. jar. Yeah. <laughs> They got, they got, got a couple cookies. <laughs> now and stop taking now, cookies. Now now the cookie jar's been put on the highest shelf <laughs> possible out of reach. <laughs> We're going to see what lengths are going to start yeah, reaching. Yeah, yeah, people are going to get ladders out. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> but, you know, here's hoping CSGO can recover in 2020. Here's hoping we don't see too many issues like this in the future. Here's hoping, you know, teams are on top of their people, having them be respectful of the game. 100%. All righty, so I kind of wanted to do something a little different for my last topic and make it two topics. That's an interesting curve. Yeah, yeah, it's a twist. I don't think we've really done that too often. No, we usually stick to our regimen four to five. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, these are both like kind of, I wouldn't say they're the biggest stories individually, but I think they're both kind of important. Um, There are huge acquisitions in the past week or announcements of acquisitions in the esports and gaming space. We had Microsoft acquiring Smash.gg. Yes. That is news that a lot hasn't got discussed as publicly as I think it could in different situations just because it's not the... On the surface level, is not the spiciest bit of news, you know? <laughs> I will quickly say to our yeah. audience members, a lot of people sent me this one, and mm-hmm. it sucks that we can't cover everything because, right. unfortunately, it's not our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. It's obviously gigantic, right? right you can right. imagine Microsoft acquiring any other if they were tied to, I would I would say, a bigger esports scene. It's still big news, but we mm-hmm. still s- struggle in covering that kind of news. Right, right. So I think it's super cool if you want to give the details. Yeah, just, yeah. Sorry we couldn't cover it exactly. Uh, no, that's, that's part of the reason I love the podcast. Yeah, it gives we us the opportunity expand to expand on these things. Yeah, yeah. So Basically, uh, Smash.gg, for those who are unaware, is basically like a tournament hosting platform. It's open to the public, and it's used by a bunch of big names in the scene in the industry. Uh, Evo uses it for registration. Chipotle uses it for events. Like, I think we've also got, um, yeah, CEO, a bunch of different scenes out there that really depend and thrive on Smash.gg. And I think this is an excellent <clears throat> move for Microsoft, because I'd say out of out of the major game developers, game console creators out there, Microsoft is in, I'd say, the weaker position when it comes to their esports representation. You know, I think uh, when it comes to cross-platform games, PlayStation is usually the go-to over Xbox. Um, outside of stuff like, um, you know, of course, Gears and Halo that are exclusive to the Xbox. Yeah. And, you know, they've kind of, they've always said they want to be more involved in esports, but they've struggled to really, you know, get their foot in the door solidly. You yeah, know? and I think this is an excellent way for them to kind of expand their brand, expand their reach, and really show that they're dedicated to the future of esports and integrating that into their console and their ecosystem going forward. Yeah, and I think it's always cool to see these acquisitions because mm-hmm. it also gives hope to anyone out there developing these new things, whether right. it be uh, esports talk. You know, a, a mm-hmm. slowly growing news platform, right? Right, right? I think we saw a long time ago HLTV from the CS:GO scene, a news mm-hmm. outlet as well. Again, not the same as Smash, but right, right. it gives you hope. Hope to see these companies being invested into, and uh, especially for all those young entrepreneurs or aspiring people in the gaming esports scene, to see that they can actually make this work and mm. eventually one day get that payoff. Right. 
I think it gives hope and lends hope to people to keep these things uh, growing. So um, con- huge congrats to Smash. And of course, Microsoft continue to extend into esports and gaming. Mm-hmm. Your second part of the story is the one I think I'm actually more interested in yeah, that this, we still couldn't cover. Yeah, this one, highly controversial. Um, I think the title, this is about, is this uh, about the, the, yeah, this the is about, uh, yeah, it's about the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wait, it's him? Yeah, it's him. Wait. Yeah, it's him. Oh my, I should have done research before this. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here. This is the same guy who is tied to the, the LEC sponsor yeah, and the Blast. Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh. Exact same guy, that same crown prince. Do you remember the name of that? Uh, uh, that was the Neom deal. Neom. That was that, yeah, like N-E-O-M. Yes. Yeah, they were essentially going to be the title sponsor for the LEC. Yes, and, and of course Blast Premier as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe both actually backed out of that partnership yes, due to yes, backlash I think so. with this man. Mm. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, I just want no, to clarify good. for people listening. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. It's unfortunately, he has a very clear motive here, right? Um, he's engaging in something that a lot of people call sports washing. Have you heard that term? No. Uh, basically, what sports washing is, is grabbing something that people like, right? Like a game company or an event and putting your name on it so that people associate, hey, I like that good thing. And so it raises the reputation of the thing. That reputation is a little bit lower in this case Saudi Arabia, due to their oh my past gosh, decisions. That is, yeah. oh, because that's why Neom is supposed to be this gaming utopia right, in yeah. Saudi Arabia, uh-huh. obviously backed by maybe a few hands tied to controversial things mm-hmm. like his own. Yeah, in particular, a lot of people take issue with their stance on homosexuality and the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and know, I will say, if you mm-hmm. do further research, there might be some other crimes yeah, involved. Yeah, a lot of allegations, not a lot of things hard, hard confirmed. Allegations. Yeah. Involving but, the taking of life, but yeah, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, a lot, a lot is general. There's a reason the reputation of Saudi Arabia yes, is not in a great place. Right let's now. leave it at that. Yeah, and so he continues to what sports wash? Yeah, sports washing. Yeah, and with this new acquisition, correct? Yeah, this the, one the, obviously working, unlike Neom with the LEC uh, and we Blast. We really don't know yet. Uh, so basically, the company they they've bought a controlling stake in, or they're going to uh, eventually, as as dictated by their agreement with this company. They're known as SNK. Uh, They're primarily a fighting game developer, I would say, and they're kind of a more niche developer. I'd say they have like a couple games, but nothing nearly at the level of like Street Fighter. You know, if uh, if you guys are familiar, they do Samurai Showdown, King of, King of Fighters, uh, Garo, Mark of the Wolves, stuff like that. You know, all like niche titles. And Backlash has been rather immense, but I don't think we're going to see the same type of situation where this deal gets backed out of because there's too much money already in the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Acquiring a controlling stake of the company essentially, you know, kind of puts the company in a difficult spot, even if they want it to back out. And it's hard to say what this is going to do. In a lot of ways, I'm concerned this might kill this company because like I said, they're kind of a niche option when it comes to fighting games. Yeah. And their games do okay recently, but they're certainly not banger bangers. And I think this is going to push a lot of the people who love to play those games away from this company because realistically speaking, it's hard to ignore the direct ties to, oh, this company is supported by a 
group of individuals who've made several highly problematic alleged decisions in the past. Yeah, and we don't know the figures, the money tied to these deals. Obviously, with the LEC, they're going to do just fine without mm-hmm. probably the money. Right. Um, that's why LEC, I think, you know, took a matter of not long at all to really mm-hmm. clear out of this because they got a they got a good future. That's a great team over there. Yeah, absolutely. Blast Premier took a lot longer. You got to imagine that money probably has a lot more impact mm-hmm. in a scene that's not been known for profitability. Who knows what kind of money was on the table that they eventually, due to realizing, oh, we're not going to survive if we do this, yeah, right. potentially. And I wonder what the amount here is, because if you are SNK mm. and you're like, this is a lot of money, maybe even worth not having a prolonged future for, mm. I, I do feel for that aspect. I just don't know the details enough, but it's it's clearly an issue to see that this yeah. is continuing to be a potential sports wash. Mm. And it's it's interesting to see that the companies they are choosing to try and go after. Yeah, absolutely. This one, this arrangement in particular was kind of, a lot of people didn't catch it initially because it was done through a subsidiary. Like, so it wasn't like the crown prince and walk up with a check and go, yeah. hey, I'm crown yeah. prince, I'm buying it. Went through a couple different companies and then eventually back to his charity and then eventually, oh, hey, he owns. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Mohammed here. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's, it's obviously a, a crazy topic that uh, I think is very niche even on our channel. So mm. yeah, I don't think I just, we'll hear too much from it. I think... What I'm worried about more so in the future is that they're going to continue doing this with other companies in the space. I don't think we have to worry about like Riot or anything like that running into future issues, but I would not be at all surprised if smaller game developers eventually Get, start getting bought up by Saudi Arabia as they realize, hey, this is... And if it does, right. we'll have backing to keep on talking mm, about it. So absolutely. we'll see what the uh, the crown prince does next. And very lastly, Zan, I keep on telling you every day, I see how fragile I am of a human being. Mm. Uh, just this past week, we found out about a Twitch streamer, unfortunately so, by the name of Jay, who actually underwent something that I really uh, cannot imagine. Mm. Clips out there, seemingly, uh, it was actually him live streaming early in the morning, and then a break-in occurred at his apartment of what he calls multiple people, potentially three, um, at least one with a machete, another mm. with a knife, uh, I mean, uh, with a gun, I should say, which is all the more terrifying. Yeah. And and uh, unfortunately, so when you hear these clips, we had a video on this, just terrifying to hear the the fact that during these clips, he mm-hmm. actually at one point was seemingly begging for his life and so, so thankful that we didn't have to cover a separate story um, of what could have been so more so much more severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does, uh, of course, eventually come back on camera to say he could not call the cops. They took his phone and, and it was three men who just broke into his apartment. So mm-hmm. if he were to call the cops right away, who knows if they're going to come back. Right. It just it leaves me wondering what I would do in this situation. Luckily enough, unharmed and was okay just yeah huge huge relief hearing that you know it's this situation could have gone south so easily and I think I just think it's insane that stuff like this continues to happen live on stream and will continue to do so as the industry continues to grow as more people are streaming more of their day and you know hopefully I mean I don't know if there's anything that can really be done in situations like this but hopefully there's some way for eventually down the line for potentially viewers to help in a situation like this. Like, hey, he, his phone was taken. Maybe there would have been a way in the future for viewers to get in t- contact with the police on his behalf or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, we've seen, uh, unfortunately, prior instances with gamers out there. Mm. There was actually the Phase Agony twins. At one point, they had an armed robbery as well. Mm. And uh, one of them did not have his, I don't believe had his phone, but had his PC in his room, took to Discord to mm. actually you know contact some viewers to say, hey, help, like I'm in this situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully things like that in the future, uh, you know, continue to actually try and help 
help these situations. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy to know that these situations do happen. And it's almost all the more terrifying they can happen and, and now be watched mm-hmm. live by viewers. Right. Um, uh, luckily enough, though, everyone was okay in this situation. As per usual, we hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. It is good to be back. We will mm. not miss another week for the next year, seemingly based on our track history together. Yeah, so I'd say that's that's pretty likely. 70 plus in a row. We will not, <laughs> we'll be seeing you guys for 70 plus more. We hope so in uh, the future. Zan, want to hit him with that classic outro? Yeah, yeah. You know, thank you everybody for tuning in. As per usual, if you would like to listen to us, the Esports Rewind podcast on the go, on your phone, really, you know, anywhere at all, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N or on iTunes, Spotify, basically wherever you like to enjoy your podcast. Go download an episode and support us out uh, out there. It really does mean the world to us. Um, thank you to all of our audio listeners who've been tuning in. Um, it really does mean a lot that we've got that audience there as well supporting us. Um, if you want some daily esports news content, by all means, swing through esports talk on YouTube or esportstalk.com for some of our coverage of stories we don't necessarily get to touch on on the channel. Like, you know, for example, the smash.gg thing, you know? Um, as well, we also have a Twitter at talk underscore esports. DMs are always open, so by all means, t- t- feel free to reach out. Yeah. Uh, we really do appreciate the message. Send me some, some. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. does mean the world to us. And, uh, you know, just brief, quick general update. Uh, search for a new content creator is going well, I'd say. Um, we should be making some definitive progress on that, but before the end of the year, and hopefully we'll have a new face to introduce you to you all very soon. Heck yeah, it's gonna be a while. It's already been a wild year. Yeah, hopefully yeah. 2021 is a bit better, but just as crazy. We mm-hmm. will see you guys back here same time, same day, every single week here at the Esports Rewind Podcast. Y'all know what to do. <laughs> all right, take care, gamers. <laughs>